0: Hello and welcome to this new episode of BJMO Oncotalks. With us today is Professor Johan van Steenkister, lung cancer specialist at the University Hospitals Leuven. Welcome, Professor, and we're very grateful that you're willing to free up some time in your busy schedule to discuss the lung cancer highlights of ASCO 2020 with us. Let us kick off with a presentation that made it to the plenary session at ASCO this year. This presentation discussed the results of the ADURA trial, a phase 3 randomized control trial evaluating the anti-EGFR tyrosine kinase inhibitor osimertinib as an adjuvant treatment for patients with stage 2 and stage 3 non-small cell lung cancer. What can you tell us about this study?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for the invitation indeed. Um, the adjuvant setting of patients with resected stage 3, 2 and 3 non-small cell lung cancer There, the current international guidelines, including the ones of ESMO that we usually follow, recommend adjuvant chemotherapy with cisplatin-based doublets in patients with completely resected tumors, stage 2 and 3A. It's important to realize that the aim of this therapy is not to prolong median overall survival, but to improve cure rates. And this is up. often substituted in cancer clinical trials by five-year overall survival. In the initial studies, the improvement in Q-rate was 5% overall, but further data pointed at 10-15% to improvement in Q-rates for stage 2 and 3A, respectively. And as you say, this year in the plenary session, we had the ADORA trial, a phase 3 randomized control trial in patients with completely resected non-small cell lung cancer with EGFR activating mutation. Important adjuvant therapy could be given as per standard guidelines. After that, the patients were randomly assigned to either three years of the third generation TKI osimertinib or placebo. After a short follow-up, The trial was prematurely stopped. The primary endpoint of disease-free survival was strongly in favor of the TKI. Hazard ratio 0.17. Overall, adjuvant therapy was well tolerated.
0: Now, looking at these results, is this data convincing enough to establish osimertinib as a new standard in this setting? Or should we wait for the presentation of the overall survival data of ADURA before we make any final conclusions?
1: Well, obviously, um, the data are very nice. This is why they were in the plenary session, of course. But in my view, they do not yet establish adjuvant TKI as a new standard. As mentioned before, in this setting, the issue is not delaying relapse, but improving Rates. And we know we don't know that yet at the present time. And by chance at the same ASCO, also in an oral presentation, we had the five-year overall survival analysis of a similar Chinese trial with adjuvant jefitinib. A disease-free survival in that trial had previously been reported as significantly different. But now we had the five-year overall survival, and it actually was the same with TKI or placebo in a Chinese trial. So I feel we are not there yet to say that this is a new standard, and we need further follow-up of overall survival before we will consider that.
0: Turning the focus then to the metastatic setting. First of all, let us take a look at a couple of interesting abstracts that were presented regarding patients with non-oncogene driven non-small cell lung cancer. In this setting, two Checkmate studies were presented, the first one being Checkmate 227. Checkmate 227 is a rather complex trial evaluating different nivolumab-based treatment strategies as a first-line treatment option for patients with metastatic non-small cell lung cancer can you first remind us on how this trial was set up and then elaborate a bit more on the updated results that were presented at ASCO 2020?
1: Yes, you're right. Um, Checkmate 227 was a very large study, but on the other hand, a very complex study in advanced non-small cell lung cancer. It was initially designed in two strata according to the biomarker PD-L1. And almost 1,200 patients with a PDL one greater than 1% tumor were assigned to either nivolumab-ipilimumab, chemotherapy alone, or nivolumab. While 550 patients with a PDL one less than 1% tumor were assigned to either nivolumab-ipilimumab, chemotherapy, or chemotherapy plus nivolumab. And overall survival in these two strata was the primary endpoint. But during the course of the trial, because of ongoing data, there was a change in both biomarker, tumor mutation burden instead of pdl one and in endpoint as well, with progression-free survival in tumors with tumor mutation burden high instead of overall survival became the primary endpoint. Later onwards, a further change came along with the introduction of an additional primary endpoint of overall survival in tumors with a pdl one expression of more than 1%. The overall survival analysis in the pdl one larger than 1% tumors was first presented at the ESMO meeting in 2019 and overall survival was significantly better for nivolumab, ipilimumab than for chemotherapy alone. And what we had at this ASCO is a follow-up analysis with maturity of the data until three years. The significant improvement in overall survival versus doublet chemotherapy, hazard ratio 0.79, was confirmed, and the three-year overall survival rates were 32 versus 22%.
0: Now, based on these results, Do you see a place for this nivolumab ipilimumab combination in the frontline treatment for non-small cell lung cancer patients?
1: Well, it could be a treatment choice for patients that do not have a rapidly evolving tumour or for patients who insist on a chemotherapy-free initial treatment. However, for Europe, this discussion has become largely academical as the European Medicines Agency, did not accept the authorization request based on Checkmate 227 because of what I just mentioned, the numerous changes in both biomarkers and endpoints during the trial.
0: A second Checkmate trial presented at ASCO 2020 consists of Checkmate 9LA. This study actually builds on Checkmate 227 and compares a combination of nivolumab, ipilimumab, and two cycles of platinum-based chemotherapy to four cycles of said chemotherapy in the first-line treatment of patients with stage 4 or recurrent non-small cell lung cancer. What is the basic idea behind this combination strategy?
1: In most trials with first-line immunotherapy, be it the combination nivolumab-ipilimumab or durvalumab-tremilimumab, The initial part of the survival curve, and this is even more pronounced for progression-free survival, is inferior for immunotherapy compared to chemotherapy, with then a later crossing of the curves and immunotherapy better than chemotherapy. So the aim of Checkmate 9 LA was to add initial chemotherapy to avoid this early drop in the curves and thereby further improve the results.
0: And did the trial meet its primary endpoint? And in addition to this, what can you tell us regarding the toxicity of the combination of nivolumab, ipilimumab, and chemotherapy?
1: Yeah, as you said, Checkmate 9LA is a randomized controlled trial comparing two cycles of chemotherapy plus nivolumab plus ipilimumab to only four cycles of chemotherapy and the primary endpoint of overall survival was indeed met at this interim analysis presented now hazard ratio was 0.66 and one year overall survival rates were 63% for the quadruplet therapy versus 47% for chemotherapy only but Grade 3 four treatment-related events were 47% in the patients with the four-drug combination versus 38% in chemotherapy alone. For serious adverse events, this was 30% versus 18%. And for treatment discontinuation, based on adverse events, this was 19% versus
0: 7%. So all in all, This sounds like a pretty toxic treatment regimen. Another concern that I had regarding this trial relates to the control arm. How relevant is this data given the fact that the comparator arm consisted of doublet platinum-based chemotherapy, which is no longer the standard of care?
1: Yeah, you you mentioned an important point here. The control arm of 9LA, checkpoint 9LA, is indeed outdated. Looking at the combination of chemotherapy and immunotherapy, our current preference in many patients, we currently have three EMA-approved and reimbursed choices in our country. For non-squamous tumors, this is carboplatin or platinum p set plus pembrolizumab based on the Keynote 189 trial and carboplatin, paclitaxel, devasuzumab, plus atezolizumab, based on the IMPOWER-150 trial. And for squamous tumors, we have carboplatin-paclitaxel plus pembrolizumab, based on the Keynote-407 trial. So, CHECKMITE-9LA now adds a fourth possibility here of chemoimmunotherapy. If it will challenge the current clinical practice, depends on larger follow-up, as this was really an early interim overall survival analysis. But ultimately, when we make these choices um, between different regimens, we will have to look at different factors such as smoking status, performance status, pdl one expression, aggressiveness of the tumor, balances between efficacy and toxicity, And hopefully, this is what we really need, better biomarkers uh, to make choices in the future.
0: Moving towards oncogene-driven non-small cell lung cancer. ASCO 2020 featured a long list of clinical studies evaluating new targeted agents directed against established and new molecular targets. A more complete overview of these studies will be provided in the summary you wrote for the ASCO special of the BGMO. But could you pick out the most interesting of these studies? Which drugs are the ones to keep an eye on, in your opinion?
1: Well, as you say, there were a lot of presentations, of course, uh, in this topic. But I would suggest two. And the first one is MET. And MET is studied in two quite different settings either as a primary oncogene addiction of non-small cell lung cancer and the other is a mechanism of acquired resistance after TKI treatment for EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer. But it is the first setting, primary oncogene addiction by MET that is in focus now and was in focus at the ASCO meeting with three compounds. The most advanced is capmatinib as it already has FDA approval. And at the present time, a phase three study is planned because EMA wanted that to get hopefully the compound in Europe as well. Dipotinib and Savolitinib are other well-advanced compounds. Of note for MET, the activity is most rewarding in non-small cell lung cancer with a MET exon 14 splicing mutation. So that is by far the best biomarker. Although all of these agents also have some rewarding activity in tumors that have high MET amplification. So that was number one, MET. And the second one is perhaps the red fusion oncogene because this is coming close to practice as well now. Because here, cell selpercatinib, is the most advanced compound with very recent FDA approval. And the other compound, pralsetinib is also in advanced development. So often uh, in Europe, randomized controlled data are needed before EMA will give approval and that will probably be the case for both of these oncogene addictions. But these randomized controlled trials are running. And so it looks like in the near future, uh, these two uh, oncogene addictions will become druggable in Europe
0: as well. A final topic I'd like to touch upon is small cell lung cancer. In contrast to what we have seen in non-small cell lung cancer, progress has been somewhat slow in this field. At ASCO, however, we have seen the results of three interesting studies evaluating combinations of chemotherapy with an immune checkpoint inhibitor for patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer. A first phase 2 trial evaluated platinum atopicide with or without nivolumab in this setting. Keynote 604 then assessed the potential benefit of adding pembrolizumab to platinum etoposide in patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer, while the phase three Caspian trial evaluated platinum etoposide in combination with durvalumab, with or without tremelimumab. Could you briefly talk us through the key take-home messages of these studies?
1: Well, as you mentioned, um, each of these studies indeed had platinum etoposide. As the chemotherapy backbone and control arm. And the first study was actually a phase two randomized trial, adding nivolumab to chemotherapy, but it's phase two, so only 80 patients per arm, and there was no placebo control arm. But anyway, the primary endpoint progression free survival was significantly improved. And this was the case for overall survival as well. Hazard ratio 0.7 and a median overall survival of 11.3 months with chemotherapy plus nivolumab versus 8.5 months for chemotherapy alone. The next Keynote 604 was a truly large phase 3 placebo-controlled trial, adding either pembrolizumab or placebo to chemotherapy for a maximum of 35 cycles every 3 weeks. Very important to note and understand the trial. There were two interim analyses before the final analysis came out. Co-primary endpoints were progression-free survival and overall survival. Progression-free survival was significantly improved. Hazard ratio 0.75. Overall survival was better as well with pembrolizumab. Hazard ratio 0.80. This correspond this corresponds to a p-value of 0.0164. But because of the design, with perhaps too much statistical power put on the interim analysis, this was not formally significant. Grade 3 for adverse events were largely similar in the te- arm with either chemotherapy alone or chemotherapy plus pembrolizumab. And then the third one is Caspian. So Caspian was a three-arm randomized controlled trial that added either Durvalumab alone or the combination of Durvalumab plus tremelimumab to platinum-pitotazard. Caspian has been reported and chemotherapy plus Durvalumab was shown to be superior to chemotherapy alone, both for progression-free survival and overall survival. This was now confirmed at this ASCO meeting with larger, with longer follow-up, and we also had the results for the arm with chemotherapy plus dervalumab plus tremelimumab. With this combined pdl one and CTLA-4 blockade, overall survival was better But this was, in contrast with Dervalumab alone, not a significant finding. Moreover, and perhaps for that reason, the quadruple regimen again clearly had quite some toxicity for patients with small cell lung cancer. Grade 3 for adverse events was 70%. Those leading to treatment discontinuation were seen in more than 20%
0: of the patients. In your opinion is this data convincing enough to see immune checkpoint inhibition as a standard pillar in the first line treatment of patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer? And perhaps equally as important, do we have any biomarkers to select patients that are likely to benefit most from this immunotherapy?
1: Yeah, well, both are, um, very relevant questions and, um an opportunity to look at the the whole of the data. When the first randomized control trial with atezolizumab added to chemotherapy, the Empower-133, as you mentioned, came out, we saw a significant improvement of progression-free survival and overall survival, but many of us remained a bit critical after a decade of negative Phase three trials in stage four small cell cancer, but now we have four trials that confirm the same finding so i think we can be confident now it was actually with very similar benefits for either atezolizumab dervalumab nivolumab and pembrolizumab so yes this gives confidence that this is a new first line standard the one the, the trials that meet regulatory approval for overall survival are the ones with atezolizumab and durvalumab so probably these will be the most uh, readily registered atezolizumab, atezolizumab is already registered by EMA in this setting and durvalumab is probably to follow and then your last question is also very important biomarkers because what we see in this trial is after a long period of negative results in small cell lung cancer. These benefits are real, but they remain modest. And therefore, biomarkers to select the patient that really benefit from the therapy would be of high interest. But unfortunately, to say it in a very simple way, at present we don't have any clue which biomarker could be of use for that, either PDL1 tumor mutation burden, gene signatures, none of them actually predicted the benefit. And so this is work to be continued.
0: Professor Van Steenkister, thank you for bringing us up to date on the developments in the field of lung cancer research and treatment. I hope that our listeners enjoyed it just as much as I did. Thank you very much. With pleasure.